0: Let's pray and let's get into the word. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We thank you for Jesus because of Jesus we are redeemed and we have right standing with you and we have been made your righteousness and we have an inheritance of eternal life and salvation. We thank you for Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, flood this place. Speak as only you can speak interpreting the words that come out of my mouth, allow them to pierce the heart of your people, that people would be changed. We pray if anybody hears this message and they're not saved, that they would be compelled to come to Jesus because of his great love. We pray that if anybody needs to rededicate their life, that today would be the day that they would decide to come back to the Lord. We pray for anybody who needs healing in their body. We create an atmosphere in advance for you to be able to receive. We decree and declare that there is no sickness or disease that is bigger than our God. There is no diagnosis, no prognosis, no chronic illness, no pain that is bigger than our God. And so we lift up Jehovah Rapha in this place and we decree and declare in advance there will be signs, wonders, and miracles because your word cannot return void. We thank you right now. We take a second to... Thank you for all the miracles we saw in August, God. Lord, we thank you for all of the healings that took place in August, God. We thank you for every neck that was healed, every knee that was healed. We thank you for every back that was healed, every cold that was healed, every diagnosis that was canceled, everybody who got vision back, everybody who got new blood. We thank you, and we declare that you're the same God in September that you were in August, and our expectation is grace we expect to see your greatness we are a people that expect to see your greatness and you do not disappoint who you do not disappoint you do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think and so we believe that we receive it in jesus name amen hallelujah i mean you know august was a good month hallelujah August was a good month. We had a lot of testimonies in August. If you were in, in here, here in August and you received some physical healing or some soul healing in your body, pray for her. She needs healing. Um, if, we, if somebody needs healing, if you received healing in August, just lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. I received healing. God touched my body. Praise the Lord. Look around the room. There are some people. Tell your neighbor, say, there's going to be more. There's going to be, be more. Say, we declare. We declare. This is. A sickness free zone. zone. Hallelujah. Listen, you got to have an expectation that your God does something. You got to have an expectation that your God does something. Your God is not an idol. Your God is not Buddha. Your God is not a calf. Your God is not your money. Your God is the one true living God, and he does exactly what he says he, was go- he does. Amen? So we're going to set a framework, because I began teaching this last week, that there are four things you absolutely have to believe to be in faith. There are four things that you absolutely have to believe to be in faith. Some of you are going to me, fade on the message. That's okay, but you need to write these down. There are these four things. If there are only four things, Things that you learned today, these are the four things you need to learn. There are four things you must have to walk in faith. Number one, you must believe that God is exactly who He says He is. You must believe that God is exactly who you, who He says He is. Number two, you must believe that God does exactly what He says He does. God does exactly what he says he does. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent for anything. He does exactly what he says he does. Amen. Number three, you are. Come on, y'all to fast class. Number three, I am exactly who he says I am. And number four, I do exactly what he tells me to do. When you live like that, your faith will not fail you because you believe that whatever you are able to do, you are only able to do it because a God empowered you to do it. And that God declared that he is who he says he is. He does what he says, what he can do. So whatever he said about you has to be true because he said it. Say whatever God said about me must be true because he said it. And he cannot lie. Tell your neighbor, say, God, God. Cannot, lie. cannot lie. Tell your neighbor, say, you can lie. You can lie. And you probably do. You but God lie. Cannot, lie. cannot lie. Somebody Google, let me help you. Somebody go, no, 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 I don't lie. Yes, you do. You're talking to somebody. Sometimes you say, I'm going to call you right back. You don't call them right back. You lied. You can lie. But God does not. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent for anything he said. God doesn't make any promise and not keep it. Tell your neighbor, say, God is a promise-keeping God. Tell and turn, turn somebody else, say, God is a promise-keeping God. Hallelujah. He is a promise-keeping God. And so I want to get into the word today, and I want to begin to really get you to get a foundation in the word. And I just, I got to say this, because we've had so many testimonies, not just in this church, but from Facebook. We have people who are like, I watched the live, my knees were healed. I watched the live, my feet stopped hurting. I watched the live, my neck was healed. Hallelujah. And then the best testimony, because the greatest miracle is salvation. Yesterday, a lady posted, she said, I thought this was so cute. She had some teenage sons, and, sh- and she had her teenage sons watching the video. And three other boys wanted to come over. And she said, you can come over, but you can't play the game till you watch the video. And she said, so she would watch the video and stop the video. And she said, by the end of the video, those three boys said, we want to be saved. That's why we like social media. That's why we like technology. Because three boys who thought they were just coming to play a game had an encounter with a living God and wanted to be saved. Hey, man. Signs, wonders, miracles. Hallelujah. That is the God that we serve. Souls and more souls. So that's our expectation. Why? Because the same blood that saves is the blood that heals. That's the title of my message today. The same blood that saves. Tell your neighbor, say it's the the same blood. The same blood that saves is the blood that heals. It's the same blood. Now, the difference is, is that many of us grew up hearing about the God that would take us to heaven. But we did not grow up hearing about the God who heals all our diseases. And because we did not grow up hearing that, we don't have faith for that. But tell your neighbor, say, just because you didn't grow up hearing it doesn't mean you can't believe it. Believing is a choice. Believing is a choice. I was talking to a lady the other day and she said that she had listened to our message about one of the early messages about healing. And she went to the doctor and she got a bad report. And she said, while the doctor was telling her what was wrong with her, she kept saying, no, it's not. No, it's not. That's not. I'm healed. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Now, to the doctor, she looked crazy. She said, they said, you're just in denial. She said, no, I'm not in denial. I'm just saying that there's a word higher than your word. There is a word that's higher than your word. And she told me, they said, you're going to have to have surgery. You're go- you've got this problem with your stomach. You're going to have to have a bag for the rest of your life. And she said that she, they kept her in the hospital for a while. And then they started coming in and saying, we're not sure how, but this problem in your stomach is healing itself. She said, I told you I was healed. So I want to lay some things for you. In, in, this, in, in this discussion about healing, say because we have a healer, his name is Jehovah Rapha. It's one of the reasons I try to get you to talk. You shouldn't go to a church where you can't talk. I don't mean have sidebar conversations with your friend about what you did last night. But you shouldn't go to a church where it grieves you to say what God has already said about your situation. Amen? Amen. And so anyway, I think it's important because sometimes when we pray for healing, healing occurs instantaneously. We prayed for a lady. Well, a lady laid hands on herself. She had some neck problems. She had been had those neck problems for 12 years. She had got hit in a head-on collision. She had been in pain for 12 years. She prayed. She laid hands on herself. We didn't lay hands on her. It was on Facebook. She laid hands on herself, and God healed her neck. That was instantaneous. She was instantaneously healed. Say instantaneously. But then on that same call, Chandra was on that call who leads prayer. She said she prayed for her knees, and when she prayed for her knees, something didn't immediately happen. But she didn't let go of her faith. Tell your neighbor, don't let go of your faith. And when she woke up the next morning, the pain that she went to bed with wasn't there anymore. You understand? See, I need you to understand that the reason that many people do not manifest healing is not because God doesn't heal you. It's because you judge your healing by what you feel instead of what he said. We walk by faith, not by sight. So we expect, so I was looking for an illustration. Um, I'm going to give it, but I want to say this to you. One of the biggest challenges for the body of Christ And I don't mean this in any shade or any insult. The Bible says judge yourself lest you be judged. So I'm not here to judge you because I don't know what you do at home. But you can judge yourself. One of the challenges for most believers is that you don't love the word. You don't love the word. You love music. You love entertainment. You love the benefits of the word. But you don't love the word. And because you don't love the word, it's the thing that the enemy can steal from you with ease. Because it is not important to you to keep the word before your eyes, in your ears, and in your heart so that when the enemy tries to present something different, you can walk it out. So if you are going to experience and maintain healing experience and maintain healing, you must love the word. You must love the word. Tell your neighbor, say, you must love the word. How many of you love Jesus? If you love Jesus, you love the word. The Bible says that Jesus is the word manifested. So you've already proven that you can love the word. Jesus is the word, so you must learn to love the word you must give your attention to the word think about what gets your attention during the work the week work week what gets your attention how much time do you give to the word because the level of attention that you give to the word is going to determine your victory tell your neighbor say the level of attention you give to the word will determine your victory Okay, so listen, I want to just tell you this story. So I had like several people and they were just like I ministered to a lot of people about healing this week, right? And I think that this is important because I want you to really understand how to be able to keep what God gives you. I want you to be able to keep it. I don't want you to have to be in church to be free. I don't want you to have to be in church to be pain free. I don't want you to have to be in church. I want you to learn how to take the presence and power of God with you. Right. And so I was talking to at least 15 people this week. I told the same story. In fact, I told it so many times that I started copying and pasting it so I didn't have to write it each term. Okay, And here's what I said: I have no sickness. No sickness has been diagnosed to my body. I do not have a bad report from the doctor. Nothing. Right. I'm still recovering from a little injury in my back, but I don't have anything that they say I'm going to have for the rest of my life. But yet, I spend a minimum of three hours a day listening to word about healing. I don't have, they ain't said nothing was wrong with me. But I spend three hours a day listening to the word. They've said something is wrong with you, but you ain't got 15 minutes. And I'm telling you this because it's the only way you're going to grow up. Listen, well, how do, how do, how do I spend three hours in the word. You got three hours. Listen, some of y'all, my Facebook friends, and y'all talk about how hard y'all work, but you post as much as I do and I work for myself. So if you got time to post and read them posts, you funny. You hilarious. You know every meme. You watched read the whole wedding funeral. You watched her whole funeral. You know everything that happened in her funeral, but you don't have 15 minutes for the word and that's why the enemy is able to steal the promises of God from you. That's why he's able to wear you out. The Bible says since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. That means that the, the promises of healing, they are a free gift, but the enemy stands in between me and the free gift so in order for me to get the free gift there's got to be some force to my faith there's got to be some force to my faith so if I was sick in my body this always baffles me Pastor Ellen will tell you I have said this for 17 18 years I cannot imagine why somebody who is sick in their body or in their mind has anything more important to do than hear the word I I, 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 try, I I have tried to sit on every side of the issue to understand how a new television show, how a Netflix series, how what's going on at a family reunion. I have tried to understand how that could be more important than the word that is life. And all I can figure is that you don't really believe that this is life. You don't take God seriously. You don't take him seriously I gotta help you I gotta help you because this is important anybody um, watch anybody a fan of comics Marvel DC yeah the movies right but you watch those movies and one of the positions of good and evil that's a misrepresentation in the kingdom is that in almost every superhero movie you need a bunch of superheroes to get one villain. And so as a result, most of you think that God and the devil are equal. You think that the good and the evil are equal. But I read that when, they, when the enemy found iniquity in his heart, when he just thought that he was going to overtake God, that he looked up and he was trapped in time. God and the devil are not equal. Everybody who liked Thanos, that's exactly what happened to the devil. He thought he was going to overtake God and bam, he found himself in the earth realm. You have got to reprogram your thinking because if you think that the devil is as big as your God, the devil gonna keep wearing you out. We used to teach our kids this in children's church. We serve a big, 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 big God. A great, 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 great big God. And there's an itty-bitty devil. No, no, because your, your faith ain't on that yet. Because you think your diagnosis is bigger than your God. You think your credit problems are bigger than your God. You think your heartbreak, your molestation, your betrayal, you think it's bigger than your God. But I came to tell you, we serve have a great, 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 great big God. And it's a itty bitty devil. He's a great, 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 great big God. And it's a teeny weeny devil. But he's big in your life because you've exalted him the Bible says that when we see the devil at the end of age we're going to say is this him it he deceived us come on and say that with me by faith we serve a great 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 big God You ought to stand up and make some space for your God. He's a great, great, great. He's a great big God. No, he's a great big God. He's a great big God. He's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than HIV. He's bigger than an autoimmune deficiency. He's bigger than lupus. He's bigger than whatever your issue is. He is bigger than that. Because he's a great, 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 great big God. Oh, yeah, 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 I heard that. He's bigger than your need for marijuana. He's a great, 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 big God. You think getting high is peace is false peace. That's why you got to do it again. It doesn't last. He's a great, 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 big God. He's bigger than that wine you think you need every night. (laughs) No, I'm trying to help you. He's bigger than that, that wine that you think you need every night. You ain't Olivia Pope. You don't need no wine to fix nothing. No, no, I'm not telling you you can't drink. I'm telling you that if you need it, you've made it your God. Because whatever you need is your God. He's bigger than that lust that calls you at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm a witness. He'll keep you if you want to be kept. But you got to want to be kept. No, he's bigger than. He's bigger than your heartbreak. He's bigger than your rejection. He's bigger than tumors. Yes, I see tumors drying up in the name of Jesus. He's bigger than your tumors. He's bigger than your tumor. In fact, that tumor don't even belong to you. It's from the devil. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do this again, and then we're going to get in the word, and then we're going to pray for the sick today, amen? I'm telling you, I decree and declare. People are going to come from all over the world to 2737 North Old Wire Row because a virtue of healing is flowing from this place. We're creating an atmosphere that when you walk in this place, what was on you can't stay on you. You may come sad, but you can't stay sad. You may come bound, but you can't stay bound. You may come broken, but you can't stay broken because God is here. And then what will happen is that as God gets bigger on the inside of you, you'll realize not only is he here, but he's everywhere you are. And the place that you used to have to escape to for rescue and refuge You'll carry it with you. So let's do it one more time. He is a what? I want you to see him high and lifted up. I want you to take whatever problem you think you have in your life whatever sickness, whatever diagnosis, and I want you to see your God bigger than that. He's greater. 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 And the other one is so insignificant we ain't going to even mention it because he's a great, great, great big God. Take us to your seat. Somebody asked me, they said, how do you start this hype? I believe this book. I start this hype because I believe this book. I start this hype because I believe this book. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Listen, we got a testimony the other day. It blessed me. This lady came to visit church. She said at the end of church, somebody prayed for her. And she said she went, she went, she sent the email. She said that before she came, she was an alcoholic. That was her. That's what she said about her. I didn't say that about her. That's what she said. She said, but I want to tell you, it's been 43 days since I've had a drink, and I don't even have the taste of alcohol in my mouth because he's a great, 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 great big God. Because he's a great, 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 great big God. I'm just trying to make your God bigger because when I talk to some of you, your God too small. Your God is too small. You've got him controlled in time. You've got him in a box. You've measured his power by yours instead of stretching your power by his. Let's look at Proverbs 4 because I got to give you some word because I need you to know why I'm so excited about who he is. Hallelujah. Say Jesus heals. heals. Say right now. now. I declare declare someone someone is is being healed. Hallelujah. Proverbs 4, let's start at Proverbs 4, verse 20. It says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all your body. Now listen, he gives you some real instructions important instructions right there he says my son daughter pay attention to the word he gives you an instruction tell your neighbor say pay attention attention to to the word we give our attention to so many things that have no benefit in our lives am I against fun no but you know what it's better to be healed So if that means that I got to take a series of time where I don't know what none of y'all singing about and I don't know none of the trends and I ain't seen none of the memes, I'm all right with that because I'd rather be healed. I'd rather be healed. I'd rather be healed. Tell your neighbor, say, I'd rather be healed. healed. He says, give your attention to my words. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Some of you, if you honest, you go weeks without seeing the word. The only word you really hear is the word that your preacher preached to you. And if you mess around and go to church, you didn't get no word. Can I help you? That's why some of you live on an emotional roller coaster. You high one minute. You low one minute. You high one minute. You low one minute. It's going to be your best year ever. You don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know how you're going to come through. Why is God doing this to you? Oh, my God, everything is amazing. That's proof you live by your feelings. Because people who live by their faith are moved by what God says. There's a scripture. It says that because I believed you, I was not greatly moved. It didn't mean that a force didn't come to try to move me. A force didn't try to move me. It means that I'm anchored by something that makes me hard to move. What anchors you? Some of you, your trust is in your money. That's why when you don't have none, you got a funky attitude. Some of you, your trust is in a boo. That's why you can't be satisfied unless you booed up. Some of you, your trust is in accolades and how many likes you get on a picture and all of that different stuff. It's all of that different stuff. That's why you always centering yourself thinking somebody talking about you on social media when they ain't even thinking about you. Because you're moved by all of this stuff other than the word. And if you are going to be victorious, he says, do not let them depart from your eyes. He says, pay attention, listen, look, and plant them in your heart. But my favorite verse in that is the next verse where it says, for out of your heart flows the issues of your life. So God says, look here, when the enemy comes for you, he's going to come trying to get in your heart. So I'm going to give you word so when he comes for your heart, there's not room in your heart for him because your heart is overflowing with me. God has given us divine medicine. It is the word of God. The word is life. Tell your neighbor, say the word is life. Turn to Exodus 23 and 25 because I want you to know that you can trust him as healer. Exodus 23 and 25. Listen, I say the same thing every week. Guys, I know it gets kind of hot in here. Hell's going to be hotter. So anytime you think about how hot it is, just remember hell's going to be hotter. And just shake it on off. And this is important. I think. See, if you can't anchor yourself in heat, you can't anchor yourself in pain. If a little heat will keep you from focusing, then pain will keep you from doing a whole lot of focusing. You've got to learn to set your attention. To set your attention. That's why in this church, one of the things we say all the time, we say, What did God say? What did God say? What did God say about your eyes? What did God say about your ears? What did God say about you having a baby? What did God say about your promotion? What did God say about your marriage? But the truth of it is, is that if you don't give attention to the words, you don't know what God said. So you have to live by signs. Some of you didn't figure out they didn't want you till they broke up with you. Because you have to live by signs. So you didn't know till they broke up with you and posted a picture that they was engaged to somebody else. But if you had listened to the word on the inside of you, you would have known before they took you down through there. I was talking to a young man the other day. He said that he was working at a job and he was getting promoted really, really fast because he was accelerating. And he said he would pray every morning on the way to work. And he said, the Lord began to tell him that there are some people on your team that are plotting against you and they want to, they want to take you down. He said he worked in a he worked in a company that had three buildings on a compound. He said he would be sitting at his desk, and the Lord would say, go to building A to room 150, such and such, and they would be meeting on the other side, and he would record the meetings that they had. So when they tried to come and get him, he just slid the recorder on there and then went on to the EEOC and then got a salary four times his salary for years because of how they parted for him. See, that's the kind of stuff God will do. God will let you know your enemies are parting before they even show up. What? Bible The Bible said that when they were coming against Eli the Israel, that Elijah would go into the king's bedchamber and find out where the enemies were coming and then tell the army what to do. I just want to tell you though, you don't get that kind of access, watching ratchet TV all day. You know who the baby father is? You know what the housewives are doing? You know what's hot in love and hip-hop. you have watched Insecure, Power. I I ain't talking about watching one of them. Some of you watch all of them. Every show I named, you know something about it. You know something about it because you don't give your attention to the Word. Amen. Say, I choose to give my attention to the Word. Why is this so important? Here's why it's so important. When we lay hands on the sick, we know they recover. Not because we so great, but because of them four things we told you about. That God is exactly who he says he is, and he does exactly who he says he's going to do. And that we are exactly who he says we are, and so we do exactly what he tells us to do. So we don't lay hands on the sick because we think we got any supernatural power apart from him. We lay hands on the sick because that's our part so he can do his part. And there are literally people who come in this building or watch this broadcast and you get healed, but you don't have enough word to keep the enemy from taking what God gave you. Tell your neighbor, say, give your attention to the word. word. I want you to tell your neighbor to Say, hey, neighbor, if your Bible is boring, boring, you're you're reading it wrong. Now, if your Bible is boring, you're reading it wrong. It's all kind of stories in here that's better than any Marvel movie that they ever made, baby. It's all kind of supernatural feasts. Do you know that one time Joshua was in a war? And he was warring against the enemies and he said, God, I don't need the sun to go down until I defeat all of these enemies. And so God held the sun in the same spot in the sky until he defeated all of his enemies. And you don't think God can heal seasonal allergies? He held the sun. He said, I need the sun to stand still because I don't want to come back and fight them tomorrow. The sun is standing still over some of your situations so you don't have to fight it again tomorrow. You just got to decide you're willing to go through the fight. Exodus 23 and 25. It says, worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and your water. And I will take sickness from among you. Exodus 23 and 25. I will take sickness from among you. So if he's the one taking sickness, he can't be the one giving sickness. If he's the one taking sickness, he can't be the one giving sickness. In fact, this dumb theology has existed since the Pharisees. When Jesus would heal people, they would say dumb stuff like he's healing by the devil. Because you think your God is so small that he can't heal. And so if somebody getting healed, it's got to be a trick or a demonic power. You serve the wrong God. Jehovah Rapha is his name. He heals the sick. Hallelujah. Say the Lord is taking sickness from among me let's look at psalms 103 psalms 103 y'all all all right shout i'm healed even in this service as you receive a word some of you may receive a word about healing you ought to be to touch something in your body that you couldn't touch before move before and you ought to expect healing because in truth you don't need us to actually lay our hands on you you just need to be in an atmosphere of faith can I, can I submit to you that one of the biggest tricks of the enemy, can, can, I, I just want to expose the enemy to you because I got five kids, okay? One of the biggest tricks of the enemy is to give your kid a little fever on Sunday morning to get you to stay at home. But I read in the Bible that he brought, that they brought the sick to him. They brought the sick to him. I cannot tell you how many times my body has been wracked with pain. And I would say, but if I could just get to church with the corporate anointing of the believers and somebody begin to talk about how great he is, they would take. Listen, I had a situation in my life where after one of my kids, I ended up with allergies because when you have babies, your nose does all this stuff and it takes time to fix it back, right? The people will tell you, I would not be able to breathe until I came to church. And the whole time I was in church, I would be able to breathe. And as soon as I would get back to my car, I wouldn't be able to breathe. And I went, wait a minute, now this don't make sense. Now, if I can breathe in church, then I can breathe out of church. The problem was is that in the church, I was saturated with his healing but at home, I was saturated with not being able to breathe. I was consumed with not being able to breathe. I was consumed with how bad my head hurt. I was consumed with it. Some of you cannot see your healing because you're more consumed with what you feel than what God said. But I'm a witness. If you will lift up your eyes to the hills from which come at your help. We've been on fast and been attacked in our body. Because I, I want you to understand how the enemy comes so when he comes, you ain't move. We've been in, on fast and got attacked in our body. I was on a fast one time, got attacked in my body. I couldn't walk. This is what we just kept saying. But I ain't going to stop fasting, no. But I ain't going to stop fasting. Matter of fact, I was just eating veggies. Take the veggies. Now I ain't eating nothing. Why? Because at some point you got to decide that you're not going to let the enemy intimidate you over what God said. And then you know what happened? That pain broke and it left. Why? Because it was designed to get me to stop obeying God. Psalms 103. I'm just trying to get you to understand it really is that serious. People always go, it's not that serious. You know who say it's not that serious? Broke people, bound people, sick people. The only people who think it ain't that serious is the people who ain't living in victory because the people who living in victory know it's that serious. Psalms 103. Psalms 103. Before we go to Psalms 103, let's go to Jeremiah 30 and 17. Jeremiah 30 and 17. Shout, I'm being healed. I'm being healed. Healing is coming to me now. See, when you believe... Okay, let me ask you this. So, have you ever had money in your account and you went to Walmart and your car got denied? Okay, let me ask you something. Have you ever not had money in your account and went to Walmart and your car got denied? You know the difference in your confidence level. If you're not sure if you got the money... You be sliding that car with fear and trembling. You like, come on now. I just hope if the light bill didn't hit yet, I can get these groceries, right? But if you got money and that car declined, it, when people don't have money and that car declined, they go, it's okay. It's okay. I'll just leave stuff here. Blah blah blah. But when you got money, you like, hold on, ma'am, you might as well go somewhere else. Hold on just a sec. You can run that card again. Go ahead and run this card again. You call the bank. you like, first of all, like, ma'am, look at my online account. You see I got money right here. Hold on, let me call the bank. You call the bank. You're like, listen here. Yeah. We were in Texas one time, and we had used the car, and then they was like decline, Excuse me. No, no, we got money. When you know healing is yours, when sickness shows up, you don't just scuttle away. You go, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. I read in my word that sickness wasn't supposed to be in my body. How in the, wait a minute, wait. How in the world do I have a headache? Wait a minute, somebody, wait, wait. This headache at the wrong place. I need you to go on and go wherever it is you belong because you don't belong here. There is a difference in your confidence level when you know something belongs to you. Yeah. Jeremiah 30 and 17. But I will restore health and heal your wounds. Saith the Lord. Now, the first thing we establish is that God is exactly who he says he is. And he does exactly who he says he d- would do. Did he say that he would restore you to health? Did he say he would heal your wounds? Did he say it? Did he say it? Did he say it? He say it? So will he do it? Yeah. So is it done? Yeah. No, really, that's the kind. It one scripture like that can be like, you know what? I'm telling you, I remember the day where I just went, I am done with allergies. I am done with not being able to breathe. I'm done. I got in my bathroom mirror. I began to prophesy to myself. I pulled out every scripture that I knew. I said, enough is enough. The enemy is a terrorist. He never stops. If if he give you diabetes and you don't fight it, He'll start messing with your feet, start messing with your circulation, start messing with your blood pressure, start passing stuff on to the next generation because he's a terrorist. He's never excited just to get you. He wants everything that you have. He loves making somebody in the family sick because sickness then impacts the whole family. Because if you love your family, it ain't no way that somebody can be sick and you keep on living your life the way that you were living it. So he uses sickness not only to destroy your life, but to diminish the capacity of the people that love you. That is why we believe and we resist what the enemy is doing with aggression. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Psalms 103. We almost done. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So I just want to show, so when you read your Bible, when you know this, that anytime you see the words, bless the Lord, O my soul, that's a commandment for you to do something. I'm just saying it so you know that when you read your Bible at home and you read Bless the Lord, oh my soul, you stop and go, Hallelujah. So we'll try it again so you can know what to do when you're in home. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You, See that? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I love y'all. Y'all the smart class. And then it says, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. And while you're blessing him, don't forget his benefits. Yeah. 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 Tell your neighbor, say you got some benefits. That you haven't claimed. He says bless the Lord. Oh my soul. Hallelujah. Don't forget his benefits. Bless the Lord and don't forget his benefits. There are some benefits to serving God. There are some benefits to serving God. I know they try to make you think that serving God ain't no fun. But we have fun and we do it sickness free. We have fun and we see him as our provider. We have fun and we don't need hangovers in order to have our fun so we don't remember what happened. We get high in the Holy Ghost and heal while we high. Hallelujah. You don't think the Holy Ghost can make you high? You should have been at church last week. The people was high. They looked just like drunk people. That's why on Acts it says, are these men drunk? And Peter said, we not drunk like you suppose." We drunk, but not like you suppose. You think we drunk off alcohol, but we're drunk off something that's better than alcohol. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God that provides, and he just infused me. Listen, I get it. I get it. I know some of you grew up like me. I grew up in a Baptist church. It's always important for me to tell that because I think it's important to understand if you grew up coaching, you don't understand the struggles that people who grew up conservatively have with breaking free. Because you grew up in a, re- in a place where breaking free was just what people did. But if you grew up in a church where didn't nobody, never shout. If you grew up in a church where didn't nobody, never get healed. Then you got a lot of undigging to do to get to this point. But I can remember when I started going to Zion Temple Church of God in Christ. And I can remember that I felt something different in that church that I had not felt in another church. I love the fact that little babies and old people alike. It would be a mother who looked ninety, who looked like she couldn't barely walk, but they start talking about Jesus, and you find out mother had better footwork than a seventeen-year-old. Because even though she was old, she had had enough testimonies with God, and whenever she heard about God, she got quickened in her body. I'm always concerned about believers who nothing happen to you somebody say Jesus and don't nothing happen somebody say God is good and don't nothing happen Somebody say he's a healer and don't nothing happen. Somebody say he got saved and don't nothing happen. Somebody share a testimony and don't nothing happen. I read in my Bible that he will quicken your mortal body. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Y'all making me preach too hard. You're making me preach too hard. I shouldn't have to preach this hard to you to convince you that Jesus is real. Verse 3, who forgives? Wait, let me, because you missed. Bless the Lord on oh my soul. Bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. And don't forget his benefits. Here's the benefit plan. I love that he tied these two together. He tied these two together because he looked in 2018 and knew he was going to have to dismantle wrong thinking. So he tied these two together. He forgives. How many? How many? I, before we get to healing, I want to insert this. Some of you think you disqualified because of how you sin. And somebody, some of you think somebody else is disqualified because of how they sin. But the Bible says he heals, all, he forgives all. We're going to do this as an act of freedom. I want you to think about the worst thing you think you've ever done. And when you think of it, I want you to stand to your feet. The worst thing you think you've ever done. The worst mistake you think you've ever made. The biggest lie you ever told. And I want you to look at me. Look at me for a second. And I want you to know that thing you're thinking about, that too. All, all, that too, that too, that too, that too, that too. That 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 lie. That cheating, that fornicating, that stealing, that tooth, that too. He heals all. He forgives all. Now I want you to sit there. Cause that ain't it. Cause if you know anything about English, you know and is a conjunction junction. What's your function? The function of a conjunction is to connect two things together. So we just learned that he forgives. I, I, that's weak. I need you to say it like you believe it in your belly. He forgives. He forgives. And. He forgives. And. He heals. I need you to think about the worst diagnosis you ever heard of and when you thought of it I want you to stand to your feet no go ahead and stand to your feet cancer of the brain cancer in your liver cancer in your pancreas that too i want you to think about every the worst stories you've ever heard of i want you to think about somebody crippled up in their body somebody with tuberculosis somebody with no eyeballs and i want you to shout oh oh disqualifying your disease stop disqualifying your situation all that too you know that thing you just thought about that too well Pastor Sean I ain't never seen nobody get healed from it still all still all maybe you ain't never seen nobody get healed from it cause you ain't never had nobody that believed it was that God was bigger than it all All blinded eyes open, new kidneys, new livers, new blood, new knees, no neck pain. Ah, yeah, I just felt that vertebrae's being healed somebody vertebrae being healed somebody vertebrae being healed Do something you could not do before somebody's vertebrae somebody got a disc in their back You got a disc in your back and that disc act up. I command that disc to stay in place. Don't you move again. Don't you move again? Who got a back problem. We got a back problem. Yeah, I'm not going to touch you because you need to know I ain't the healer. I'm not the healer. I just trust him. Touch yourself. The Bible says lay hands on the sick. You the sick, lay hands on yourself. Lay hands on yourself. Don't lay hands on yourself as your regular self. Lay hands on yourself as somebody that carries the presence of God. Lay hands on yourself as somebody who is a spirit-filled, born-again believer. Lay hands on yourself as somebody who believes that God is a healer. Now tell your body. Don't ask it. Tell your body. Now try to do something you couldn't do before. Test your body. See, faith tests the body. He told the man, he said, pick up your bed and walk. The man had to pick up his bed in order to get to healing. Test your body. Hallelujah. <sighs> Thank you. Migraines. You got Migraines. Migraines. Lift your hand. You got migraines? Migraines don't belong to you. They don't belong to you. You did not receive them from your father. Even if you got them generationally, they do not belong to you. Give them back. Here is how you give them back. I was listening to a guy preached the other day because I told you I listened to about three hours of healing every day. And he said, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that we make is that we pray for healing. When if you watch Jesus, he always commanded sickness to leave. He commanded sickness to leave, lay hands on your head and command the spirit of infirmity to go. Why? Because I need you to know what to do. I need you to know that in the same way that I can take this Bible, preach myself happy, raise my faith and lay my hands on myself, you can too. Because the truth of it is, is that masses are coming. I can't lay hands all on them. I need y'all to be able to lay hands too. I, I I I'm not I'm 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 not gonna be the one up in here while y'all gonna eat, still here laying hands on people, me and five intercessors. Everybody in this church gonna know how to release the power, release the fire, because I the wait, wait, wait. Somebody said, can we do that? Yeah, oh, yes we can. Dora said, can you do that? Yes we can. Go ahead and go to Mark 16. Some of you need to give your life to Jesus. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that in a second. Because your your first mistake is that you got saved because you was afraid you was going to hell. You need to give your life to Jesus. Your life. Not just what's going to happen to you when you go to heaven. You need to give your life to Jesus. But I'm going to give you a chance to think about that. Because for those of you who say, Mark 16, verse 15. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, This is what the traditional church has done really good. We get that we're supposed to preach. We're supposed to preach the gospel. Except, it says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. We even believe we're supposed to be baptized. But then it says, and these, what? These signs shall follow them that believe. It says, in my name, they shall cast out devils. Cast out devils. I know you newfangled American people don't believe in demons. I know you think that everything is a medical diagnosis. I know you think all of it is D, is, the, is the, but, but, but you got a mental problem because a devil messed with you first. Now, you may have a mindset where that thing has set up, but anxiety is a spirit. I'm not saying you a spirit. I'm not saying you're a demon, but I'm saying... That you can have trauma that happens to you in your life that opens the door for anxiety, for demonic attack, for depression, for suicidal thoughts, for all of those things. And because you have been that way so long, you think it's you. You have been that way so long that you think it's you. Yeah, okay. I'm going to tell y'all a testimony. Have a seat. Let me tell you this testimony. Because I'm going to help some of you. Because some of you have not been able to get free because the thing that's on you, you think it's your personality. You think God made you that way. God didn't make you that way. The trauma that happened to you made you that way. So I'm going to tell this story. You know, I have to tell my business a lot. I don't, I don't, I don't even, I, I'm a little jealous of the preachers who get to preach and don't never have to tell their business. But that ain't my story. I always have to tell my business, so I'm going to help you. So you've heard me tell this story. When I was 15, 15 and a half, I had a boyfriend I thought I was going to marry. We was going to live happily ever after. That was perfect, my dream. We broke up. He broke my heart right after we broke up, I had a conversation with my father. Anybody who's ever heard me talk about my father, my father was a rolling stone. My father says to me, he says, it's two types of people in the world, those that play and those that get played. You just got played. But if you let me help you, I can teach you not to get played again. I said to my daddy, I said, no, 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 no. I I believe in love. I I, want to be in love. Love is amazing. And he said, okay. And so somebody that he had had a baby by that he wasn't with and wasn't taking care of happened to come by as we're having this conversation. He said, watch this and tell me if you still want to be in love. He calls her over. He says, hey, girl, you look cute today. She's like, gone on. He's like, let me take you out to dinner tonight. She's like, I don't want to go to dinner with you. He said, yes, you do. You know you want to go to dinner with me. In three minutes, he said, so you going to let me take you to dinner? She like, yeah. As she walked off, he said, you can be her or you can be me. I said, I'll take you for 100, Alex. Let's roll. My daddy drove a truck long distance. Every weekend he would come in. He would take me. He would take me to the club. I'm 15 and a half. He'd take me to the club. He'd sit me in the back of the club. He'd say, watch the people. Watch the men. Watch the women. Pay attention to the people. Tell me what you see. Over and over and over again, he'd take me. He'd he'd point out couples in our church. He'd say, watch the people, Sean. Pay attention to the people. And then he would say to me, women only get played because they believe what they want. More than what they see. By the time I got to college, I ain't had no heart. By the time I got to college, my whole life was about winning the game. I wanted to know what, who was the guy that broke hearts? Oh, I want to date him next. Let's see if he any good at this. I spent my whole life maneuvering, two steps up, two steps back. My dad would teach me how to visualize in my mind, sitting in a chair, getting up, moving to each seat, each calculation, walking down the path. If he says this, it means this. If he says this, it means this. All of this stuff. Then I mess around when I'm 22 and I meet this dude who make me feel something I ain't never felt before. Now I got a problem because I'm in love, but I'm still calculating. Every move I ever make in that relationship is a calculation. Everything's very intentional. My dad coaching me up. Oh, you think you really like him? Oh, if you think you really like him, listen here, little mama, let me tell you what you got to do because you can't get played in this. Around. He like, you got that brain. We don't get played. So one day, Pastor Aaron and I, we're talking. And he says to me, we're on a date. He's not Pastor Edwin then, so y'all don't have to judge him, okay? He are not a pastor. He says to me, now he's been coming to see me every weekend. He says to me, I'm not really interested in a serious relationship. You know, I just want to date. And I say to him, which would turn out to be the magic phrase because he had never heard this phrase before. I said, I'm cool with that. I'm the kind of girl, if you tell me what the game is, I can play whatever game you want to play. Well, we went on and had a great day. And then, because he was fancy, he had a phone in his car when, in the 90s. And when he got on the road, he called me and he said, he said, I want you to be my girlfriend. I was like, but I thought that you, oh, but good, because I want to be your girlfriend. Cool, right? Even our proposal works like this. Even our proposal is maneuvering. He says, if I were to ask you to marry me, what would you say? I say, well, if you were to ask, and you had a real ring, I would say yes. So a few weeks later, he sets a ring out. He says, I want to marry you for real. I said, cool, I want to marry you for real. Calculating, calculating, everything calculating. It took me years to realize that I couldn't have real intimacy because I was always calculating. I was always trying not to be that 15-year-old girl crying again. I'm telling you something. I'm, trying to help, I'm not just talking. I'm trying to help you with your situation. I had calculated so long, I didn't remember before I did everything was a calculation for me it's the tr- the reality of it is it's the reason that very few people ever could hurt me because you couldn't even get close enough to hurt me you would think you was my friend but I always had space baby I always you you could act whatever kind of fool you want to I knew you had that capacity in you one day two or three years ago nigel takes pictures nigel is married to chris now, first of all, there's some other people that over the years God started to use to try to break those things off my life. Tamara was one of them because Tamra going to make you hug She going to make you hug her. Chris, Chris going to make you know it's okay to cry. And crying don't mean you a punk. Listen, for years, Chris would say, she would go, Mom, crying doesn't make you a punk. And I go, yes, it does. Yeah, if you crying, you a punk. Why? Because I'm trying not to ever be. That 15 year old girl again. Anyway, long story short, Valley always takes pictures. We happen to be somewhere one time. Valley gets a picture of me laying my head on Pastor Edwin's shoulder. And he goes, Oh wow, that's really cool. I've never seen that. I'm like, what? He was like, I've never seen you be affectionate toward him. I'm like, I'm affectionate all the time. The people at the table, like, no, you're not. I'm like, no, that's not true. Like, like. They hug him all the time he like no you hit me all the time you hit me that's how you show your love I was, I was stuck showing my love like the 8th grade you know you like somebody that's how you show you like them so anyway when Pastor Elwin taught unoffended unoffendable okay that series wrecked my life listen the first two minutes in I wanted to take my purse and go to brunch I was like listen here I ain't really signed up for all of this right here I ain't come here for all of this. I thought they was going to get delivered. I thought I was delivered. And this is what the Lord said to me, because if you've been married any length of time, you done had challenges and things that injure you, right? And the Lord said, you think I want to heal you who married Edwin? He said, I'm trying to heal 15-year-old you. He said, because you was broken when you showed up. Now, my broken is more calculated than yours. If you ask me, do you care if I leave? I'd be like, if you want to leave, leave. All it takes is a simple response. Do you care if I leave? Yes, I care if you leave. I wasn't going to say that. Leave. If you want to leave, you don't want to be here? Go. And the Lord began to do a series of process, this kind of stuff that I'm doing for you, getting you to pray for yourself, getting you to lay hands on yourself to get you to see that, a lot of the stuff on you, it ain't the real you. I called Pastor Elwin the other day and I said to him, do you know what I realized? I'm not calculating anymore. From 15 to August 28, when I was 46, for 31 years, I spent my life calculating moves. It was such a part of me that I thought it was me. I thought God made me. And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, Sean, the reason that you're always calculating is because you are your own protector. He said, but if you would draw close to me, you would see, you don't have to protect yourself. If you spent your whole life or most of the life that you can remember protecting yourself, go ahead and stand to your feet. Can I have some water? Y'all, this journey that God wants to give you, this freedom, John 15, he says, I prune everything that's not fruitful. That part of you that self-protects is not fruitful. You can never walk in great victory when you are your rear guard. There are creative solutions to problems that God has given me that I had the capacity to receive when I wasn't always calculated. And listen, do you know how hard it is for a calculator to pastor you people? Do you, can, you, can you imagine how, how much of my brain power it, ta- it took to be like, What does she really want from me? Does she really want to be my friend or does she just want something from me? Why do they really want to come to dinner with us? Do they really care about us or are they just hoping we go pick up the tab? What do they really want? Do you know what it's like to try to pastor a church and have to constantly watch all the people? I realize this, real talk. If you've ever seen me pray late in the past, I don't pray with my eyes closed. Know why? I got to be able to watch you while I pray. God set me free from that. What he did for me, he'll do for you. It's, I, 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 I want to tell you that it's just going to be easy and sweatless. What I'll tell you is that on the other side of it, you'll be glad you did it. But I'm pretty sure that when he was pulling back them layers, especially in the month of May, I'm pretty sure I cried every day of May. He'd be like, this is what the Lord told me. He said, um, give me what's behind the stories you're willing to tell everybody. Everybody got stuff you'll tell, right? He said, no, 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 no. I don't want how you've crafted to be able to tell the story. I want what's behind there. Now this is the part that's going to mess you up. He said to me, he said, "When you thought you were just having a conversation with your daddy, you was making a covenant with the enemy. And even though you got saved, you still had a covenant. I'm going to show you some of your covenants. I'm never going to get hurt again. Nobody's ever going to treat me like that again. I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to get played again like that. Nobody's going to injure me like that. Nobody's going to get out on me like that. Those are covenants with the enemy. And then what happens for some of you, this is why you can't find love. Because you won't love, but you made a covenant that keeps love away from you. Because now you're beyond the hurt but you still got the covenant with the devil. That's why we say words have power because words either covenant you with God or they covenant you with the devil. There are no neutral words. Tell your neighbor, say, there are no neutral words. So your words either take you toward God or they bring you into covenant with an enemy that you're trying to rebuke. So if you know that you've ever spoken any of those ain't nobody words. I'm going to show you how to pray and break that thing. And for some of you, I would just want to tell you. You're going to feel like you standing here naked as you walk through this. Because you're protected protection mechanisms. You know how when the children, I mean when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they had the glory on them and when the glory went away, they knew they were naked. Some of you, your, your protection mechanisms, they are when they go away, you're going to feel naked. But the Holy Spirit wants to clothe you. I was thinking, it is so nice. Pastor when you say this all the time, he used to say, You know, your brain is always going. My brain was always going because in my mind I didn't have the luxury not to let my brain stop going. Because if I don't watch my back, who got it? God. Oh, y'all gonna get mad at me. Some of you gonna get mad at me. But that myth of that strong black woman, nothing will bring you into more covenant with the enemy than that thing. I don't need no man. I don't need no friends. I don't need nobody. I got it all. I got, I'm telling you, you are covenanting with the devil. And then when you're by yourself and you're like, I don't understand why I'm by myself, Because you made these covenants to be like, I don't need nobody. Chris, I get it. It is not weakness to need people. You're designed to need people. You're designed to need people. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but I am going to ask you to do this. If you're making a thing that says, you know what? Man, I'm tired of living like this. I've been calculating, protecting, defending Because let me tell you something, you the kind of people who you cut people off quick if you even think they're doing anything to you. Babe, I can cut you off and still be talking to you all the time. Hey, girl, you don't even know. Babe, I done cut you so far off. God want to set you free from that. My expectation is from God. The enemy tried to torment. He was like, well, what you going to do if somebody stab you in the back? And I just said, well, I guess God go heal my back since he the one got it. But I ain't living like this no more. Some of your migraines, some of your headaches, it's because you're trying to manage your own life. Some of them stomach issues you have, it's because you're trying to manage your own life. You got ulcers because you're trying to manage your own life. That's what I meant when I said some of you need to give your life to the Lord today. You've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. But you need to give your life to the Lord if you're saying, you know what, God, man, I'm so tired of carrying this weight that people can't even see on me. I'm tired of all of the brokenness. I'm tired of all of this as an act of faith and a public declaration. I just want you to step into the aisle. Wait, it's just a step to say, I'm leaving the old behind. I'm giving God my life. I'm giving God my life. I'm done with this. I don't want to be no more. I don't want to be responsible for protecting myself anymore. Some of you, your bodies will immediately heal because of this. Some of the things that the doctor can't diagnose, he can't diagnose because there's nothing medically wrong with you. It's a spiritual issue. It is the weight of carrying your own life. So one of the things we we know that we do in church, and we both do it in the counseling realm, So I want you to take all that self-reliance that you have because that's really what it is. It's a spirit of self-reliance, which also breeds a spirit of pride. A lot of self-reliant people, if you're honest, you're extremely prideful. It's why you don't ask for help. It's why you're stubborn. It's why you're rebellious. Because people who watch their own back can't really take anybody's word over to themselves, even God's. So we're going to make a, we just go pray. You ready? Some of you are going to feel something. Some of you ain't going to feel nothing. But it's not the feeling that frees you. It's the faith. It's the faith. And then some of you who have some problems in your body, I want you to test your body and see what happens. You ready to pray? Repeat after me, most gracious heavenly father. I come to you today repenting for every place I have been my own God. I repent for thinking that it was my responsibility to take care of me. Now, I understand that there were some things that happened to me that made me believe that. But I believe that you are bigger than the things that happened to me. So I am asking you to cleanse me from all All of the residue residue. and all of the hurt hurt that I have carried. carried. Satan, Satan. I serve you notice. notice. We just broke up. up. I don't need your protection. I don't need your your pride. I don't need your your rebellion. I I have God. God. Holy Spirit, Spirit. come come and feel what was broken. Come and feel what was bound. Today, I give my whole life to you. I'm yours. Hallelujah.